0: Hi, friends at Mississauga City. I so wish I was here with you today in your church building, worshiping with you to celebrate your 47th anniversary, but uh, unfortunately, I have to do this by video and that's uh, okay as well. It is still a great blessing to be with you. I want to first say thank you so much for inviting me to be part of this very special day. Uh, 47 years being the church in your local community, serving God uh, faithfully among people in your community. What a blessing that is. So congratulations for 47 years. Well done. Um, Thank you for inviting me to be part of it. I also want to thank you for being partners with CBM in your global mission work. Your commitment to mission, particularly in the Philippines, is such a blessing to our partners, particularly in this difficult time they have been facing. So thank you so much for that ongoing commitment. Are you good at waiting? Well, I have to admit to you that I am terrible at waiting. And in the days when we could travel, I was one of those ultra-efficient travelers because I didn't have the patience to wait in lines. My tiny all-wheel drive carry-on bag was packed for ultra space-saving, and I have a Nexus card to avoid lineups and times that I had to go through customs. And all my accommodations are always pre-booked, and the quickest route out of the airport is pre-programmed into my phone. Well, my husband also likes to make fun of me because I am one of those most easily deterred shoppers ever. If there is any kind of lineup, uh, getting into the parking lot or paying, I sometimes will just turn around and go home. Hard to believe, right? Well, then 2020 came, and all of our lives became about waiting. Does it sometimes feel like we're just collectively holding our breath as we wait? Maybe for a vaccine to end this pandemic, for some of us, Maybe it's to hear that we can finally go back to work Uh, for a time when our kids can safely go back to school without masks, without fear of being infected by a virus. For a time when we can come back together to our church building um, and worship together as a whole community. For a time when our world will go back to normal. Well, I have to break the news to you today that when the day comes that COVID-19 has passed us, waiting will not end. And that's because the work of God's mission requires waiting. His work of redemption and transformation doesn't happen quickly, and often not in the way or the speed we would probably prefer. As participants in his work, we have to take the long view God calls us to be people who wait for his plans to come into fruition. What does that mean to wait well on God? Do we wait kicking and screaming? Do we do it shouting out to God? When is this gonna be done? What is our posture as we wait? One question that I find myself asking a lot these days is how do we live as God's people in a time when there is constant change? As believers, we know that He is the one thing that never changes. In Hebrews 13.8, we are told that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We can be assured that though change is constant, God's love for us is more constant. Being loved by Him means He will not desert us or leave us during those times of waiting. But how can we wait well in times like these? First, we wait with open hands. We wait with open hands. Thirteen years ago, I became a parent for the first time, and one of the most important things I learned from that experience was that I was a control freak. Never has my sense of control been more challenged than when I was faced with this tiny infant in my arms who just would not go along with the program and sleep when she was supposed to, and eat when she was supposed to. I recall staring at this little child who was just wailing and unhappy no matter what I tried to do. And I shouted at her, what do you want? Just tell me already. My friend who was a doula back then, she's now a doctor, but she came for a visit. And within five minutes, she had my daughter comfortably asleep in her arms. I recall staring at her in bewilderment as she said to me, you're just holding her the wrong way. She's just uncomfortable. As soon as my friend showed me the proper way to hold her, it was like magic. Her whole body just relaxed and so did I. As churches, we often are like that in our own ministries, aren't we? We create programs and we might set goals that we want those programs to achieve we treat the results like we own them and sometimes we want to just shout to people just get with the program already so that we can achieve what we had planned from this. If there was ever a year in which we've all been forced to learn how to let go and how to let hold our plans loosely, this is the year. But really God wants us to serve with open hands all of the time Having open hands allows us to let things go when our plans may deviate from what we intended. It allows us to not feel the pain of the tension that comes from clenching so tightly it hurts when we let go. One of the things that I am very passionate about in my own life is the issue of global gender equity. God personally convicted me on this particular issue on a trip to India in 2009. When I saw a young girl who was probably no older than five years old begging for change from people sitting in cars on a busy street in New Delhi. Out of that experience, we created the She Matters campaign, in which almost 300 Canadian Baptist churches have participated. All around the world, we see where girls and women are not allowed to flourish to their full potential just because they were born female. And through this campaign, we have been raising awareness and funds to support gender-based programming that has helped put girls in school, enabled women to own small businesses and female leaders to receive the training that they need to have a voice in their community. This campaign has been one of the most meaningful things that I have worked on during my years at CBM. And then COVID hit. This was the headline that popped into my inbox on August the 4th. COVID-19 putting millions of girls at risk of never returning to school. In that article and other subsequent ones put out by the UN, it detailed that the cause of gender equity has been set back by about 20 years due to COVID-19. The majority of the youth who will not be able to return to school ever are girls. The majority of the businesses that will never reopen are owned by women. Gender-based violence rates have increased exponentially around the world. I must admit, these statistics are disappointing and heartbreaking to hear for something that I have poured my life into. It is easy to throw our hands up in despair when we hear these disappointing results about the things we have poured our lives and energies into. Yet here in this psalm, David tells us in verse 14 that the Lord upholds all who fall, lifts up all who are bowed down. The Lord cares about the needs of the weak. He helps all who fail and raises up all who are oppressed. We are reminded that it is God who ultimately lifts up the heads of the downtrodden, not us. We play a part in it, but it is his work to complete it. We need to trust that he knows the needs of those girls who are unable to return to school and the needs of all the others who are suffering. He doesn't ask us to hold these things we've invested into with a tight grip. He requires us to do our part with open hands and wait for him to do the rest. Secondly, as we wait, we have to do it with open hearts. We wait with open hearts. What does that mean, to live as open-hearted people? It means allowing others to enter into our lives and willingly giving ourselves to help them in their cause. We do this not to get something in return, but out of compassion and generosity, both in gratitude to God and for the people that we serve. It is sometimes easy for us to be generous with our money, isn't it? But less easy to be generous with ourselves. The act of opening ourselves up to others is like serving as the host of an open table. Tables have a lot of significance throughout scripture, as you probably know. One of the most prevalent images in the New Testament is that of a banquet table. Jesus' table is one of grace where anyone is welcome. In verses 15 to 17 of this chapter, David writes that the eyes of all look to you and give them, you give them their food at the proper time. You, sat, you open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. Here we are given the image of God who is feeding those who are hungry right from his own hand, we are told that he satisfies their desires, and so he is giving them more than just their basic needs. He is feeding them in abundance until they are fully satisfied. In the same way, we are to live with open hearts and to give abundantly of ourselves to others. Well, we may already live open heartedly with those we love, but are we able to do that with those we don't? Luke 14 contains the parable of the great banquet. This parable challenges us to ask ourselves, who would we invite to be at our table? Who do we have trouble inviting? Do we invite those who are from the margins, the downtrodden? I want to share with you a story of what it looks like to generously invite everyone to the table. As you know, on August 4th, an explosion occurred in a warehouse in Beirut, Lebanon, killing 203 people, injuring over 6,500 people, and leaving 300,000 people homeless. This happened in a country that has already been battered by political unrest, financial crisis that has devalued people's life savings, a raging healthcare crisis from COVID-19, and a Syrian refugee crisis that has lasted 10 years and is still going. You would think that living in such circumstances, you would say, enough already. I've had enough. I have enough of my own worries. And I don't have the ability to care for others when I've lost so much. I'm just trying to survive here myself. Well, people from local churches in Beirut have been the frontline responders, helping those who have lost loved ones. People who have watched their homes and their livelihoods destroyed. They opened up their homes and their pantries and their tables and gave their time and energy and welcomed people into their lives. A few days after the explosion, we asked one of our field staff, Joe Breedy, who lives in Beirut and who was on the frontline serving, how people were doing. He told us this. It is very normal for the church to respond. We carry the message of hope, of love, of reconciliation, and we cannot express this message if we don't. We are driven by compassion and the love of Christ, but also responsibility. Many churches have formed teams and went down to the streets to help clean shattered glass on the street, to clean people's houses, their workshops, distributing sandwiches and water, and even helping some of the wounded on the streets. We are thankful for the Church, for the Body of Christ, to do what we are doing today in Beirut. I am thankful for the opportunity that God has given the Church to serve our community. Likewise, our partners, Arab Baptist Theological Seminary and Marath, offered shelter and food to families who lost homes, as well as provided counseling for traumatized children. This is what it looks like to live as open-hearted people amidst suffering, pain, and tragedy. This is what it looks like to wait well on the Lord, pouring ourselves out, welcoming people to our tables, assisting those in pain. I just read a report from our partner today saying that the funds that were so generously offered to them from Canadian Baptist churches, like Mississauga City, will enable them to rebuild the homes of 60 families. You opened your hearts to the people of Lebanon in their time of need. Lastly, to wait well, we have to wait with open minds. We have to wait with open minds. Participating in God's mission of redemption and transformation in a broken world requires us to have a firm belief that God has not deserted us. In those darkest days, we cannot allow our minds to be clouded with despair over what has been lost, but look forward with anticipation as to what is to come. Of course, we may ask, when, Lord, when will this be over? But we find comfort in knowing he does not leave us to wait alone, and that we can actually draw closer to him in those times. In verses 18 to 21, we are told that the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. In times of waiting, we need to come with open minds for what God has in store. We need to have open minds to what might be possible when the Spirit comes in and works in people and in ways that we could never imagine. We must remind ourselves that we need to focus our minds and remember that each day God makes is filled with hope and with possibility. Waiting on God with open minds allows us to be innovative and creative and enables us to see where new possibilities are before us rather than just what is behind us. We may not have planned on these unexpected pivots that we have to make, but they are often the result of the work of the spirit moving in unexpected ways. For decades, CBM supported a ministry called Casa de la Amistad. It is a ministry based in Cochabamba, Bolivia, uh, called Prison Kids Ministry, where uh, people provide loving support and care to kids whose parents are incarcerated. There's a great stigma to having a parent who is in prison. And historically, uh, the families of incarcerated people actually lived in the prisons with them. We find that very strange here in Canada, but that's how it was done in Bolivia. So the wives and children of incarcerated people would live with them in the prison if there was no other option for them. This was often the last result for women who could not survive financially on their own, as women generally have less opportunities to earn income. The CASA was created to give these children a safe place to go, to receive educational support and hot meals, medical care, and spiritual nurture. A few years ago, the government of Bolivia mandated that families had to be removed from prisons, and this left many women in desperate situations to even meet the basic needs, such as rent or food, um, and to even be able to survive. When this happened, the staff at the CASA recognized the need to pivot and extend its care beyond the kids uh, to their mothers, who were now left to support families, often without skills or education. So they started a group called Eagle's Wings. They borrowed and purchased sewing machines, and they found instructors to help teach these women the skill of tailoring and sewing, and many of these women were able to start small businesses this way. When COVID-19 hit Bolivia, it hit hard. Severe lockdowns were put into place for many months, with people only allowed to go outside of their home once a week. Suddenly, the casa had to be shut down and everyone was forced home, just as we were here, but for a much longer period of time. For the women who had learned how to sew from the Eagles Wings group, having the skills they were taught became their lifeline. They were able to continue doing their tailoring and sewing work from home and earn income when many others were left with no ability to work. From this we see how sometimes having an open mind allows us to pivot from our original plans and embrace new ideas and possibilities that can create wonderful results that we could not have imagined. For the staff of the CASA who allowed God to inspire something new and different, from what they had done for decades, resulted in saving families from what could have been much worse circumstances. They could not possibly have known that at the time when the, what the end impact would be. Today, let's ask ourselves, what is our posture as we wait? Do we have open hands, open hearts, open minds? Is there something that prevents you from waiting well and trusting God fully for what will come? What is He asking you to give over to Him today? As God's Kingdom people living in a world that often seems so devoid of hope, we as the Church are the bearers of His hope. Being part of the work of God's mission is to live in a perpetual state of waiting because we are in it for the long haul. We celebrate together the signs of his kingdom in the now, the places where his truth and his grace reign and where his shalom is evident. Yet we also live in the tension with waiting on the not yet, the places where we need his rule and his reign to come, the places where we need to do our part to bring God's hope and healing in the midst of brokenness and pain. Brothers and sisters, let us keep ourselves open to the possibilities of what God has in store and wait to see what glorious things he will do. Together, let's wait well on the Lord. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for calling us to be your people in the midst of constant change. We know, Lord, that you are steady and you are sure and that you never change. God, we ask that you would continue to make us people who bring your hope and your healing in a world of brokenness. Help us to be people who wait well on you, Lord, who wait with open hearts and open minds and open hands to the possibilities of what you will do among us. God, give us strength as we try to navigate these challenging and difficult times. Help us to be people who lovingly reach out to our neighbors and into the world, because we have good news to share. We thank you, God, that you are always the one who is guiding everything that we do, and that the work is ultimately going to be finished by you. So help us to do our part, Lord. Help us to be faithful to what you have called us to. Help us to be people who bear the good news of Jesus Christ in a world of great need and hurt. Thank you, God, for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.